What we doing it for? We doing it for the culture. For the culture. For the culture. Okay. So you walk in and catch your partner masturbating to porn. First response. Watch. <laughs> Unbelievable. Watch. Watch him or watch porn? Him. Oh my gosh. Bless his heart, Lord. <laughs> That's the first reaction. First reaction you would watch? I mean, I mean, there might be some other actions that take place afterwards. But, you know, <laughs> the first reaction is to just stand there and continue watching and see if it's any good. <laughs> unbelievable. Why is it unbelievable? It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Okay, fine. That was a good answer. That's a good That's, that's yeah. a good answer. Is that the answer? That's a, that's a great answer. I, I mean, some other shit popped up. That's a shocking up. answer. That's some, other, some other shit pop up in my head now, but I would. the first thing that came to mind was just watch. Just watch, huh? Because that's going to lead to something else, baby. We'll see. Do you think it would lead to an argument or? <laughs> nah, hell nah. Ooh. Okay. Hell nah. All right. Okay, Daniel. Trying, to get, it, trying to get the party started. Hell. <laughs> Bless us all, Lord. Okay. Your okay. turn. All right. So, you're, we'll just say your girlfriend. Mm. Your girlfriend wants you to wear a strap on. First reaction. <laughs> I'd say... Have at it. First react. Have at it. You say bring it on. Strap bring it, it on. Up. Bring it on with the schlong. <laughs> that's that's what I would say. So yeah, I would say have at it. <laughs> have at it. You would say just go ahead, put it on. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, do you want me to wear it or you? Take turns. Yeah. <laughs> do you have? <laughs> hey, do you want to answer this question for me? Or what? <laughs> Got your ass. Got Tom. You thought you was going to get me, huh? No. No. What lesbian? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> We're talking about strap-ons. Welcome to For the Cultures podcast. I'm your host, Bex Bumbo. What it do, Kaipu? This your host, D-Boy. Oh, man. I don't know about that uh, first response, but um, listen... Do not go buy a strap-on after this show. <laughs> we do not condone porn. We don't condone any of that, right, Danny boy? What? Okay, maybe we do. What? Maybe we don't. Maybe you, you will never know. I, hey, if that's what you, that's what you into, go ahead. As long as there ain't no fucking kid porn, then yeah, it's all true. good. That's true. Okay. Healthy, healthy uh, sex habits. That's what we're here for. That's right. You know, whatever yeah. y'all choose to do is what you choose to do. Just as long as it ain't. Harming no, hold no children. Yes, Lord. You know what I mean. Then it's all, it's all Kalevi. Oh my gosh, I feel like we need to do that prayer that we usually do after. <laughs> like, we need to do this prayer now because I feel like Tom is feeling uncomfortable. In <laughs> just kidding. That's what you get. Oh man. So what was that? What was that? We just tried out, Bex. That is first response. That is a little activity that. Uh, we're hoping to try out for the next for the next few episodes because I think it's a lot of fun. I want to. I like to kind of see you're, now Danny Boy's reaction. <laughs> now you're uncomfortable. It's called first reaction. Oh shit! <laughs> it's called first reaction. I'm the one that introduced Danny Boy to this whole thought, and I could even say, but and it's first. I, and reaction. I knocked her off her block, y'all. She thought she was coming for me. I was here. I was over here sounding hella confident. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's called first response. I sh no. Yeah, first reaction, we're, um, you know, it's a little icebreaker where we get to see how our first reaction. I mean, it's, there's nothing more fun than to see the, you know, actual face expressions. Yeah. You, should, you guys should have seen Danny Boy's face when I asked him first, the first, before, off air, some, some, some of these questions. He was just kind of stuck, so whatever. He Look kinda, at you all stuck now. <laughs> whatever. Anyways, happy Monday, y'all. Um, it is Women's History Month, right, Danny Boy? Yeah, happy Women's History Month, y'all. March. Wow, and actually, Danny Boy was the one that kind of told and reminded me about this Women's History Month. Look at that. On top of his history. <laughs> you little historian. I'm just, you know, it's it's all being celebrated all over uh, social media and on, um, on television and in other places, so... You know, just got to make sure we stay current with what's happening in the cultures. Okay, okay. Happy Women's History Month to everyone out there, whether you're driving or in the car, at home. We just uh, want to just acknowledge all the women out there doing great things. 
Uh, what else? Uh, we have a pretty, pretty exciting episode. We're just going to be talking about women. Word. You already know I love doing that, period. So does Danny Boy. <laughs> we love talking about women, the good and the bad, right? Yeah, we're going to take this month to really um, dedicate every episode to right. uh, Pacific Islander women. Yes, Lord. Um, you know, in history and also uh, in reality, right, in real right. life right now. Just uh, using our platform as an opportunity to promote our women um, to also be a part of this conversation, right, yes. in this celebration because we have a lot of women um, in history and who are creating history right now uh, who are doing big things from our community. So, yeah. you know, why not? Definitely. Um, but before we get into the rest of the episode, you know, as we always do, y'all, um, we want to really ground ourselves and uh, center ourselves in this conversation we're about to get into. Uh, we had a lot of fun. <laughs> that first reaction was pretty fun. Um, Bex tried to get me. I did. But I came back for her, y'all. Like, wait, like, wait. You know, I'm not the one to come for, as we were talking about uh, <laughs> last episode. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's just something we're going to try to continue to do. Um, something new add to, the, uh, to our segments to do for fun. But... Yes, let us get grounded. Um, I'm going to do the blessing this episode. Yes, Lord. All right. So, uh, dear Heavenly Father, Mother, Father, God, Tonga Loa, universe, ancestors, all the creators that be, uh, please bless those that are listening to this podcast, as well as Bex and myself, that we may be centered in all that we talk about. Um, please bless our families, those who are listening, as well as ours here in the studio, um, that we all may be safe um, and free from any weapons that are formed against us. In all of your mighty names, we pray. Amen. Amen. Ah, thank you, Danny boy. That was a nice prayer. I love that. See, we can be ratchet and we could be good too. <laughs> we, could be, we can go straight from rated R to rated PG. <laughs> All right. Bruh. What's happening? I had a great week. Yeah? I did. What does that mean? What is a great week? Um, I felt like my life was in order this week because mm. I got to really kind of tackle down a lot of past bills that I had that I kind of put in the back burner and said, mm. I, I'll just let that collect and, you know, deal with it another time. But payday. Yeah. <laughs> payday came around. Okay. Taxes came around. Oh, and, shit. you know, I just was able to just kind of knock off some debt. <clears throat> so I'm happy, especially with school. My school loans are killing me, bruh. And uh, I'm just dealing with that. I'm still dealing with that. I'm just not, I, I'm not now deal. you know whatever <laughs> but i'm dealing with it i've been dealing with it for several years and i hate it i just want this debt to be gone but yeah it feels good to be to have that weight lifted you know because mm -hmm. now i don't have to walk around in the fear of like uh you know not being you know not being able to like just you know like apply for a certain you know certain credit cards or certain things, especially like looking for places. I want to make sure my credit is on point and this right. has definitely helped lift my credit. So I'm grateful for that. Yes, Lord. So yeah, it's been a great week just knowing that I'm kind of putting all my ducks in a row and yeah, it's weird how when financial debt kind of gets lifted, it's, there's just like another wave of freedom that you kind of walk Yeah, into. you can breathe. Yeah. Even when I pay rent or any bills, like, Gosh, I can breathe, you know? Yeah. So it feels good. How about I you? I could dig it. Bruh. This, this week has been, um, it's another challenging week. You know, I think um, just similar to what I've been going through, you know, continuing to um, work towards putting these programs on mm. and these different projects. You know, it's like, it's a lot of mind work and uh, that could be very draining um, to the point where it's like, you know, I have to just be okay with not working on things because right. um, giving so much energy to, 
you know, one project or one idea and really thinking through things, especially because, you know, I'm not just trying to put something together and that's it, right? Like, but really mm. working with a community, working with uh, colleagues to um, be intentional about the programming that we're putting on. You know, it's like it takes a lot of work to do that. Right. And it could be draining and taxing, but it's also beautiful because a lot of the hard, you know, brain power <clears throat> and minds that go into it bring about a beautiful um bring about a beautiful space or an idea. Mm. You know, and so yeah, just just really being tired. Right, yeah. yeah. Mentally, mm. you know, from like overthinking and and uh, intentionality but it's an important process because you're you know you're really um spending the time with these different ideas right. uh to make sure that what we're giving out to the community right. is the excellence that they deserve so mm. yeah yeah it was fun to see you facilitate at journey to empowerment this weekend or last oh. weekend. <laughs> that was pretty cool right on yeah, yeah. It, you know it was um it was a good that was my first time too it was good to have you. It was a lot of people's first time over there at that really? space. Yeah. There was a there was, was a, a lot. There was a group of folks who raised their hand when they asked um, you know, if it was their first time or not. And it's always good to have first timers there because it's a space that's created for the community, you know. Right, and yeah. We wanna, you know, just have dialogue, you know, and make having discussions a normal thing in our community. Right. But also like having discussions in, in the in the sense where we allow folks to come and share their opinions, share their thoughts, but not be um, not be punished for it, mm. or not be looked at differently for it. Right? right? We welcome all welcome all views, all perspectives. Right. But the hope is to find understanding and compassion. Yeah, yeah. yeah Naki and Carl did a phenomenal job facilitating that whole thing from the beginning to end right uh what was the topic was on um highlighting role, role models, models mm -hmm. in our pi community yeah and a lot of the skits that were done were really powerful i know right uh yeah shout out to uh also to phil alapati yeah uh neo vivere uh Salma, yeah and um who else participated yeah i believe i believe that's it and and myself yeah, and it was cool to have those skits uh, done because they were so powerful, tackling issues of like, um, you know, leadership and entrepreneurship in the PI community and what that looks like and how, you know, dealing with the community. Sometimes folks, you know, look to you as like, oh, I need a hookup or I know, you know, we're the same people, so you know, yeah, shoot me that sliding scale. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a great extension to our. Um to our podcast, you know, to our last episode, you know, because we were talking about role models and real, mo yeah, real models and role models. And I thought that the conversation that happened at that, in that space was like an extension, like, oh, wow, this Word. is a good, more stuff to to add to our palette of learning. It, so it was really cool. Yeah, it all, it all came, I mean, even us having that conversation last week came from them promoting, um, the journey to empowerment coming up and you know just what transpired with uh, what we talked about last week with oh, right, yeah. the whole thing um about uh the comment <laughs> right that came about so yeah but it was really dope and i i always look forward to journey to empowerment it's a great space yeah and they have it what once a month uh once a month every first friday of the month so next month in april y'all definitely got to come check that out i believe it's april 5th uh, Tane Tarot will be in the building. Tane Tarot. And then okay. uh, in May, the Pacific Islander Initiative will be facilitating uh, the Journey to Empowerment. So come through to the next That's two. Awesome. It's really going to be lit. And just for the rest of the year, too, if any folks are interested, uh, they're always looking for community members to facilitate this space. Uh, that's what's up. I loved it. <clears throat> so my ICU goes to a just fabulous young lady out there um, doing her thing for the cultures. Her name is Veronica Pome. She is the 29-year-old curve model and is set to appear on the pages of the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue this year for 2019. And she'll be the first Polynesian woman to do so. 
as of one of six finalists in this year's swimsuit model search competition. Veronica has frequently expressed gratitude for her journey throughout the contest on her Instagram. She was also on the What It Do page, right? She mm-hmm. took over. She was on the Takeover. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I was. I got. Did you? Did you chime in on that one? Did you kind of see how that? Oh yeah, yeah. Check that. How did you like it? Oh, I loved it. I love the What It Do's takeovers. There's a bunch of folks. You know, from the community who take over. Yeah. I've, I think Cisco just took it over know, right? out there um, at the Sevens. Yeah. And they've had <laughs> other folks before, like, you know, Pita took no, it over. Just a bunch of right. big folks doing things in the community. No, but when I was watching her, when she when she, when she she did the takeover, Veronica, she did one thing that uh, just kind of won me over as a new fan following her was... She, there was this um, moment where she was in her room and she was kind of like showing everybody, you know, in the story, like her whole room and the view. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and, and like for a split second, she 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 just broke down and started crying and gave gratitude to God for just, you know, just for feeling so unworthy and not really, you know, expecting something like this to happen to her. Mm-hmm. Like a few years ago, this is somewhere where she would have never dreamed to be. Right. You know, and now she's like. Somewhere where she gives full credit to <clears throat> God and she's grateful for where she's at and the impact she's making. And she's so humble about it. You know, mm-hmm. she was no makeup, just doing her thing. And she is just, a, she is amazing. She's a great icon, I feel. So Veronica continues to say that making the final six for the swimsuit models has allowed me to inspire the same girls who don't feel like they're skinny, pretty, curvy, or even skin tone worthy. The greatest pleasure in life is doing what people say you cannot do. I think Veronica is worthy of being a real model. And she's very transparent and very comfortable in her as a plus size model. Mm -hmm. She's very confident in her external goodies as well as her internal goodies. Absolutely. You know, she's just she carries everything well. So beautiful woman. Veronica Pume, I see you. Word. So my ICU this week goes out to uh, my sister, my cousin, my family, uh, one of the dopest braiders in the city. I'm talking about no one other than San Nico, a.k.a. Neeks Braids, uh, or Neeks underscore 415 Braids. You can find her on Instagram. Um, the website is coming out soon. She's... Uh, she is one of like the best braiders. She's been braiding my hair for shoot she's, over over she's ten good. years. Yeah, um, I just recently posted a pic uh, where she she did two braids. Uh, so I, I'm always one who wants to just get two braids. Right, it's quick and it's fast. You get out the door, and usually they just crown your head. Right, mm. usually they just crown your head. But you know, I'm always trying to be different, especially since I died. My Your hair, hair red. red, you know, like I want to do something different. And so I always thought like, dang, what it would be like um, if we were to, if the braids were to go up versus coming down mm. and then just be in the middle. And so she brought that vision to life and, you know, it. a lot of folks loved it. So if y'all start seeing those out there, just know that those are called <laughs> D-Boys 2 braids. <laughs> I, I, but, um but now, nah, for real, like check out Nico's work. She's amazing. The thing I really love about um, San Nico's braids is that she's quick. You know, like her lines are really precise, and the way that she braids, it's um, it's just hella quick. Like some, one time she did my hair with like a badass design, and she was done with like a uh, within an hour, where it looks like it might have taken two to three hours. Right. That girl just got them hands. <clears throat> she got bores, huh? Yeah, she's she got fast. Hands. But also quality, you know what I mean? Mm. Because sometimes braids could, you know, be loose. Or, right. Her lines are super precise. Yeah, tight, yeah. everything, the design, this it's just such quality, mm. you know? And, of course, it, she ha- should have everybody looking cute. Okay. <laughs> you know okay, I mean? magic worker. So, yeah, Nico got bars for real, for real. Yeah. So, again, check out her Instagram page. That's at Neeks, N-E-E-K-Z, underscore 415 braids with an s um but yeah just want to say one more time sanico i see you 
All right, y'all. So we're going to get into this chop it up section. And as I said earlier, we want to dedicate a lot of our conversation, our discussions right, right. around uh, Pacific Islander women. Right. And more so uh, Pacific Islander women in uh, history. Right. And so um, what we wanted to do with this first episode is we wanted to take a look back into history, into Samoan history um, and look at some of our creation stories. Right. Legends that we have uh, with with women in them. And the one that came to mind uh, was the story many of you know about or many of you may not know about um but one that really has a lot of might and a lot of grit and a lot of a lot of hmm what's the word empowerment right a lot of weight yeah, yeah. a lot of weight to it is the story of Nafanua okay okay and so what we're going to do um, first uh, in our Chop It Up section is we're going we're gonna to read a, a brief excerpt from an article by mm. Lonnie Went Young to sort of give us a brief overview of who Nafanua is. Um, and then we'll get into just a, a discussion about, you know, what comes up for us in looking at this Pacific Islander Samoan legend. Right. And, right, um, not for and, Nua. And even to think about, you know, learning about this legend, learning about this woman, you know, what what do we think uh, the message would be that Nafanua would deliver to this generation? Mm. Mm. Right? Mm. All right, so here we go. We're going to get into it, y'all. <clears throat> Let's get our uh, storyteller voice ready. The greatest female figure in our Samoan history and one who rules our mythology is Nafanua, the goddess of war. There are many versions of her story, but my favorite tells of Nafanua as the daughter of Savea Siuleo, god of Pulotu, the underworld. There was a war between the eastern and western districts of the island of Savai. Nafanua's father sent her to help her Ainga, including those in the village of Falealupo who had been enslaved by their enemies. First, she fashioned legendary weapons from the toa tree that grew in Pulotu. Then she ventured forth to aid the oppressed. Even though their numbers were small, Nafanua rallied them each day and led them in battle. She fought tirelessly, killing her enemies with ease, yet showing mercy to those who surrendered. She was successful in liberating her people, at the battle, at the final battle, a strong gust of wind came and lifted up the t- Tiputa Nafanua War, thus exposing her breastesis. <laughs> the enemy cried out in shock because they had been under the impression that they were fighting against a man. Then they surrendered and peace was restored. From then on, Many people came to Nafanua for her war council, and so she could teach them how to fight. It's fascinating to me that there was a time when our ideal Samoan woman was this, an army general, a warrior, a fierce, passionate fighter Come on who knew how to be merciful and preserve mm. life, mm. a tactical sh- strategist, and a leader of liberation. Mm. 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 Where have you been all my life, Nafanua? <laughs> no real talk. Right. Um, and so once again, that was just an excerpt from Lonnie Went Young's essay mm-hmm. um, that is titled, The Stories We Tell of Women, Warriors and Freedom Fighters. And we'll throw the link to the, to the full essay right. up in our notes or the details uh, with uh, the description of this podcast. Um, but I think just after, you know, reading this brief history, I think a question that we can pose to ourselves, Bex, mm. and if any of you all want to share, you know, what is coming up for you as well, please feel free to reach out to us, of course. 
But what's coming up for you, Bex, learning the story of Nafanua? Because I know as we were planning for this, right. you had never heard of never. Nafanua before. And I've only just recently learned about her like 10 years ago, but not even <clears throat> to this extent. So, yeah, what's coming up for you? Um, what's coming up is that I plan on having a talk with my father and I really am going to give it to him about why didn't you teach me about these things when I was young? Cause these are like, there are so many stories that I was able to kind of, you know, that led me to like, I went to find Nafanua's story and then it led me to other different stories that I was like, what, what, who, who, who? How come people don't talk about this out here? Right. You know, now I haven't. I've never even heard of these stories in church. You do, know? do you? Are you? Um, <clears throat> do you think that your father knows about this story? I think my dad does. I think he knows. He knows a lot. He's he was a teacher out there in Tamwa. Oh, word. So I'm pretty sure he knew these stories. I'm, but I don't know. He probably oh, okay. Didn't I feel see. Like, I was like, dang, you just gonna go to your pops like that? <laughs> yeah. My he my dad. He's a history man, so he... Oh, word. Okay. He, that he, makes sense. You know, Yeah. but he just doesn't share too much with us. And, and it's probably because we don't ask. Mm. So I, if I knew about this, I would have asked a lot of questions. Right. Especially about um, just our warm, our warrior, you know, just the image that we had before the, you know, before being colonized, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, wow, we were this before that happened? You know, like... Right. That was... Um, that was pretty sobering because I I picked up the whole westernized, um, just uh, all the westernized uh, traits of what I thought a woman should be like, mm, you know, and mm-hmm. and and I also picked up just, you know environments of what women should be like, but that's all been influenced by the western, you know, influence. Mm. So, you know, I mean, I've always heard like you know the warrior spirit, kind of like you know throughout my life. That's what we are as Polynesian people or Pacific Islander people. But I've always felt that like the warrior, like the idea around warrior was more associated with like Pacific Islander males. Yeah. And not necessarily women. Yeah. Right. And that's true. And I mean, yeah, I mean, what's coming up for me is that like the power has always been within the women. Right. Right. To be the warriors. I know. Right? Because I feel like it, what's beautiful is that this this uh, story of Nafanua is, I know, it's, it's one of our creation stories, right? It's one of the legends. And so we, I know, or it's just a fact that, like, it's pre-Christianity, right? And right. so, like, this was the idea of what a, a typical, you know. Woman. Woman was. Yeah. Right? To what you're saying. Or how she How she carried, carried herself. herself. Yeah. And yeah, I thought that was I don't know. I was blown away with the first time the first time you sent me this article and mm-hmm. just reading through some of her some of her stories or stories about Nafuna. I was like Nafanua. I'm like, what in the world? Where had who who's hiding these stories? You know, I don't know. It, it's it's confusing. It's sad that I got to this story really late, but then it, I'm happy that I got to it because mm-hmm. now. It it allows me to walk in another level of freedom, you know, as a as a Pacific Islander woman, you know, that is still trying to find her way in, you know, in kind of really, I'm trying to fully find my identity as a Pacific Islander woman. I feel like I have this idea of what a Pacific Islander woman should be. Mm-hmm. But as I'm going into history, as I'm talking to family, uh, like, you know, the elders, like I'm starting to understand history and history is starting to finally shape who I am and who I've always been, you know, as a person, as a woman, as somebody, as a family member, you know, so. I mean, maybe we should call it her story, huh? Ooh. <laughs> We're going uh, in Pacific Islander woman herstory, right? Right. Because there's a lot to say there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I really uh, just can sit back and hear, like, look at you and hear it in your voice that there's such a discovery. Yeah. There with learning about this. Do you see the light over my head? I mean, yeah. I just want to ask, <laughs> you know, like, because there's, I, I see so much coming up. Like, what are you feeling? What is this story of Nafanua? <clears throat> make you feel inside yeah this story 
like I wish I had access to this story 10 years ago, even 20 years ago. What if I don't care? When I was a child, I wish I had access to this story. Because mm-hmm. I strongly believe that this, if I had known th- about this story, if I ever heard this story, this story would have helped shape my worldview mm. and shaped how I am supposed to be and how I'm supposed to think and how I'm supposed to just, you know, like act as a woman, as a Pacific Islander woman, the role that I play not only at home, but in society, you know, and at work and, you know, like every role. I I feel like if I had known about this story, this story would have really helped me kind of develop. It would have helped develop myself as a woman, as a young Ooh. girl and a woman, both. That's deep. And that's real why, talk. Why, why is that? Like what, like what are the... The elements that you're getting from Nafanua's story that make you feel like her story could have shaped you in that way. Oh, off top, fearless. Fearlessness. She's a fearless woman. Mm. Courage. That's our monthly theme here. Our year. Mm-hmm. That's our theme. That's our theme word. Courage. Right. And I see courage all over this woman. You mm. know, and and actually, courage is just in our people as a whole. You know, the Pacific Islander. It was just natural courageous people and um yeah she's fearless she's unafraid she is confident she is like she's fierce she's bold yes she's also gentle she's merciful she's everything she's what she's like everything in body in a pacific calendar woman she's she's just amazing like I want to, I'm looking forward to studying and getting to know a little bit more of her history, her home. If, if I, if there's even access to like how she grew up as a, as a child up until that moment, you know, when she went to war, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if the, if such information exists, but I'm hoping to get my hands on that. Right. I mean, I believe Lonnie um, spoke to how there's, there's many different versions, versions. of the story. Right. Right. Um, and that I think just with the search, you know, you're, you're going to stumble upon all kind of answers that really can help shape and inform right you know just just how you see nafanua in as a whole ass person right as a whole as a whole ass, ass that's the god. word she's a god that's a journey to empowerment word you don't put everybody on that word <laughs> i mean i mean i think that's dope you know i really i'm just in awe because to think about like dang what if it's like another some, layer just removed from my eyes what if somehow we can, you know, because you're saying, like, where was all this when I was, you know, younger? Yeah. Um, to think, like, these type of stories of our, our women and her story, right, like, need to be shared with our young women. Not, And I feel like not even just young Samoan women, but young PI women as well, right? Right. Because I... Women can see themselves in these in these stories. Yeah, I need access to like. And in these I'm legends, sure they make children books. Do they make make children books? Uh, I think children books are being made, but I don't know if is if there's any specifically to like, you know, um, stories like Nafanua's or or other ones like, um, Taima and Tila Fang, Tila which are the. I, I believe they were conjoined twins, mm. uh, sisters from Samoa who went to Fiji and then swam back uh to Samoa but they had the they had the Malofia and the Malu and there's that whole I, I'm not going to speak too much cuz I could be wrong y'all so don't hold me to this but um they're the ones who brought the tattoos over from Fiji and oh. then the whole thing got mixed up with uh the the tattoo that the men get now right is the one that was supposed to be for the women um because the women were the warriors right right and, uh, in our history, you know, obviously. Um, and I think even in some of the versions of this, uh, of the story of Nafanua, I right. think they they say that she is the daughter of one of the, the twins. Mm, really? Yeah, at least that's one of the versions. Oh, so, wow. yeah, don't hold me to this, but, but just the essence of Nafanua's story, you know, like, it would be really cool to just have this in a, ch- a children's book right so that we can share this with sure. our young i mean we can still share this story absolutely with our young ones you know or with yeah, anyone we come from an oral history right right, like right to share this but i think just what's really at least for at least thinking about all the different modes of learning right like right to hear it is one thing and to see images and pictures with it is another 
and all of those different modes can be ways in which our young people are grasping and retaining this information of like who they come from right their ancestor and like even the that kinetic kind of learning right because right. in the in the in the excerpt it speaks about how Nafanua you know had her uh she made weapons from the toa tree. Mm, yeah. And one of the articles that I found when uh, we were looking through just the um, the different versions of her story, this article written on rejectedprincess.com states that, let's see, states that one of Nafanua's weapons was uh, called Tafesilafai. Ta which translates to to strike with courtesy, mm. right? And I, and I, mm. I, I was kind of taken back by that because I know that there's a festival that happens um, in SoCal called Tafasilafai. Really? Yeah, I don't know the history of maybe it's connect. You know, it's probably connected to Nafanua's story, but just to even know that like one of her weapons was named was named that right and it's named that because it was to strike with courtesy right right it just shows like how even in the time of war you know she still had the the space and the the fortitude right to be courteous in war right right because you wouldn't you wouldn't think that that was possible right now war? when it's war right when it's war you when what? it's war it's like it's like kill or be killed everyone's <laughs> Everyone's at risk. <laughs> right. Um, but I think that's so, that's so speaks to who we are as like Samoan people, right? Or right. even just to think about uh, Samoan women, right? Like to strike with courtesy, that speaks volumes because I know some women out there that can really break you down and not even break a sweat, right? Not even, right. Not even use vulgar language or anything like that. Shit. A lot of women in my family are, are that, right? Right. <laughs> a lot of them are, I guess, what we could call tafasila uh, fa'i. Because they strike with courtesy. Some, not so much. <laughs> but, she's just, I mean. Nafanua, she, she's just grounded. She she has a sense of awareness that is, like, next level, you know? It's yeah. like, she knew, like, for her to be that aware and conscious of, like, Everyone, you know, the the battleground, mm -hmm. it's crazy how you can be merciful and, you know, just having a, the kill mode. Like, how, how do those two coexist? Right. You know, when you're in, when you, when you're at war, it's like, those are the enemies. Everyone that you see over there that's Eliminate marked them. as, yeah, boom. Who the hell has time to be like, okay, it looks... You're surrendering. I'll I'll let you go. It's right. Like, don't trust that. Murder <laughs> them. They're part. They're part. No. Uh. Uh. But she had mercy. Yeah. It's not just to kill, just for the kill, right? It's like to see, maybe to see humanity in everyone. Right. I mean, I really like how the you know from the excerpt how we ended it off with, you know, um, the identity. You know, our ideal. Our vision of an ideal Samoan woman was that of Nafanua, right? Mm. An army general, a warrior, a fierce, passionate fighter Go who knew now. how to be merciful. Damn. And preserve life, right? To save life. Like if you 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 love your life, you want to concede and you want to give up and you know that you know okay, longer I need can to be the I... enemy, then you can I... live. But just don't forget I'm that wondering... Nafanua was here. Right. I, do we have any modern day Nafanuas? Because I don't see many of us carrying like the warrior, fierce, and then passionate, <laughs> merciful. That's dope. I mean, life. that's a dope ass question, right? Like, who is your modern day Nafanua, right? And it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to go to war or um, use weapons, right? Right. Like, weapons could be all all different kind of things from knowledge right wisdom to skill to skill yeah. yeah all kind of things like who are your modern day nafanuas and that's and that question is not restricted to Samoan people right 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 that could that could cross color lines and like what woman do you see in this 
in this type of view, mm. you know, or in this vein. Because this last part is really dope to me. Is like she's a leader of liberation. Now that yes, that Lord. is a loaded word, right? That mm-hmm. is a loaded word, and I know some people take different tactics to get to liberation. Right. But what does that mean, right? So, who are you, who is your modern day Nafanua? That's a good question. Not that not one that we got to answer right now. <laughs> but we should. I want to think about that. But is there anything else coming up for you? With just, I mean, for me, something else that's coming up is that, you know, as a man, I, I recognize the, that I'm a man and I am speaking to the to this you know, right. story of a woman warrior, woman goddess, um, or a goddess of war in our history, her story, right. in our culture. And I'm just amazed and, and validated that my belief that women are... Our alpha. <laughs> alpha female in the handle. <laughs> you know, uh, women are just the the most treasured hmm, the most treasured thing in you know in, in this in this world is because they're the givers of life, right? I mean it takes it takes two to make that happen, but these women women birth all of us. Come on now. Right? Women right. birth all of us, they carry us, they their bodies transformed to to host, you know, right. to incubate us. Sheesh. And they deliver. I mean, just women are just Dude. amazing. I, you know, I love women, and I feel like this solidifies it in so many ways. Listen. Nafanua, I'm trying to beat you. <laughs> I... I one thing that I, I that I'm sitting with the just this whole idea of like she did not waver in battle at all. Like she entered every battle with confidence. She wasn't intimidated by these men and their weapons. She was so secure in whatever she had. That right there is like next level confidence Mm. who is not intimidated by Mm. male figures just men or people right she she i mean from the outside and she probably didn't look like she had much i'm just kind of guessing that her her weapons weren't as intimidating as the men i don't know i'm assuming these men other men's had guns and probably greater weapons or whatever but no i don't think there was guns there was no guns then i mean this was all like pre contact you know this this is like le- uh, legend or creation story so oh so they didn't so, I mean, have no I bad think, weapons fine i, I think bow and her, arrow. i think her bow and arrow <laughs> whoa <laughs> yeah they're bow and arrow right right tom no. <laughs> i don't think that's well what let's I just had. say that this is how i'm just playing out in my head just let me play my 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 story out. okay, like, okay. these men had intimidating weapons because they have been Fighting, that's how they've been conditioned. They've been enslaving the other people. Yeah, for so many years. So I'm sure that they've had plenty of times to kind of make and create new, you know, new weapons Mm -hmm. throughout time. And then, now I'm not not watering down her weapons because I'm sure that they were pretty powerful. But the fact that she did not waver at all within, you know, the battlefield, Mm -hmm. like, that right there is, like, what I want to take away from her. It's like, I want to be able to withstand any battlefield in life, mm. you know, and not mm-hmm. waver in anything, in any context. She she was a woman that knew herself, and in knowing herself, she knew that she could withstand any battle. And I feel like if she didn't know herself and know what she was capable of and know and understand her identity as that warrior, you know, that that warrior, that warrior complex, what, what were the other um, descriptions of that? Uh, she was a god. She was, she was a god. She had this, she just came out because, didn't he say in the story that she went to her family and basically they were like, is it just you? Right there. I mean, her response to um, her family was, you know, like, listen, I know you guys probably just see me as just one person. You guys Mm -hmm. probably expected an army, but like I come with these magical weapons and, you know, like 
I have us, don't worry. Right. Like to have that type of confidence, you know, in the midst of so many doubts that people project onto, you know, people as women. Right. Because I, I believe her family was saying something like, uh, you know, all the all the men who have been fighting in right. the battle are like tired and wounded and all that. Right. Here she comes like, don't. Just one person. Don't trip. Right. I got this. Like I know that you guys have tried this a million times with different with 100 different men, but she comes with full confidence saying, "I got this and I have these magical Yeah, these magical weapons. Weapons that I mean, you know, like yeah, and that that draws back to the Tafasila Fai, right? Mm. Like that. We'll also put the other um article up that we f- that we read from on uh rejectedprincess.com. Yeah. Um but like this story or like this I am um, this idea around having these uh, magical weapons yeah. makes me think of someone like Superwoman, right? <laughs> like this is our Superwoman right, right, right here that existed before all of this, mm. you know, before all of these uh, these these uh, mythological stories that are out. Like it's all drawn from sources of different cultures, right? Right. Um, and I and you know, like this is. It's beautiful because to me, like, this is just all pre-Christianity. Right. You know what I mean? And so, like, all of that says that everything that the Europeans said about Pacific Islanders, you know, um, when when they felt like they discovered us, was that we were savages, uh, pagan heathens and all that. But, like, we were intelligent people. Mm. You know what I mean? And we come from a long, rich history with our own creation stories, mm. our own gods, mm. um, and our own beliefs, right? And just, right. just even thinking about, I wonder, like, what that uh, Tiputa looked like that she was wearing that once it once it flew up right. and her breasts were exposed that they realized it was a woman, right? Because I know when I Googled something, um, there was that image that looked like a, like a sh- like a cut off shirt, right? But it fitted, you know, for a woman. That but it was like made of the the fala, the fala, but the fine the fine mm, material, right? right? Like yeah, it was a, of a fine mat. And just to think about like, just to think about all those things, it's so confirming, it's mm. so validating of just like we are the shit, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right. Our history is the shit, like, and we have. We have all of these creation stories, these legends, these right. stories of these dope-ass people that we come from. Right. And it's just important to know your history. Right. Like, I feel like if I didn't... To know your history. To know your history. Because if I did not... If I was never exposed to this story, like, I don't think I would have caught my second wind in just my identity as a woman. Mm-hmm. Because I'm still trying to find my identity. I know it to some degree, but I'm not fully there and fully confident in myself as a Pacific Islander woman. I think a lot of it has to do with um, language, not knowing the language too well, you know? Mm. But, um, yeah, I thought I was just under this idea that just, you know, looking Samoan was good enough, you know? But one thing I've learned from my parents when it comes to um, success is uh, one thing my, I learned from my dad and mom is that success looks like this. It looks like love. It looks like language. And it looks like legacy. Those mm. three things. Mm-hmm. Like my dad has always looked at those things as like success. And, you know, I feel like I'm not doing, I'm not being successful. And that's something that I'm still trying to grow successfully in is language, you know. And I want to be confident in in knowing my language. Not fluently, but just knowing it like at least where Danny Boy's at right now, <laughs> his level. <laughs> and mean, Danny Boy's growing. not even that confident in that level, right. but I'm confident in your level of Samoan. We're all growing, you know. Right. And, and I mean, shout out to Fafi Ao Susunga Faleava over there at the 2 6 church, you know, who's putting on the, the Samoan class, uh, the language class, uh, for the past few weeks. I think they're creeping up on their last couple of classes but i mean just to even offer a space like that where folks can come together to really learn our language right Mm -hmm. it's a way to connect back to our roots and culture Mm. yeah yeah so nafanua is dope 
Right. Uh, this this last question I just want to ask um, that we both can answer is: What message do you think Nafanua would deliver to this generation? Gosh, Nafanua would probably beat us all up. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you think she would have to say? What message could she deliver to this generation? To know your to know your culture, to know your language, to know your roots, to know your history. You know, I feel like she will be one to really tell us to come back into a place of place of learning. You know, and I feel like that's what she would say. Like people need to come back to learning their language and culture. And I, I feel like church was the place to because they, that was the hub of learning language and culture. And now it's kind of like the place where we want to ignore and, you know, cause that's now that's the place of, you know, that has been known for rejecting people or like, you know, just not really, you know, like accept being accepting and open, open to not just the LGBT, just people in general, any outsiders. It's like people don't have that feeling of acceptance when they enter into the Polynesian Pacific Islander churches. And that's like, that's a no-no. So, yeah, learning the culture, I feel like she would she would say something like that, like know your language, know your know where you come from, know your where you come from as a family, know where you come from as a people. And yeah, and in that you will find yourself. So, yeah. What about you? What do you think she would say? She would probably come and give us all the wrath and say, "You watered down Samoans. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't agree. <laughs> I don't agree that she would say. I mean, that she would do that. Like that, she would scold us in that way. But I, I think just from reading, you know, reading these different um, versions of her story, what what I feel she would say, especially to the women, you know, and young women, is to be is to be fearless. Right, mm. and to be confident in your abilities, right, um, and to know who you are, and to to take no to t- to take no shit, right, yeah, from no one, especially men. You know, because you are capable as a woman, you are capable, you are powerful, you right. are majestic, you are. You are power, right? Yeah. You know what I mean. You are, you are the liberators, right? Yeah. The educators, the right. nurturers. Um, you give life, and you can take it, right? <laughs> you know what I mean, like. Well, they see it's easy. From like I, I don't know, it's not easy to kind of speak from your place, you know, because I'm speaking from a place of like high conviction, you know, mm. because I feel like where have I been all my life? You know, I feel like I've been hiding under a rock and all these great things have been, you know, have been told and have lived and existed in our community and I'm now getting access to it. Mm. You know, so I'm like, I feel like I'm so behind. Mm. And that's why my answer is like, you know, I'm speaking, I, is my answer, I'm really answering from conviction, my personal mm. conviction, because I'm like, I wish, you know, like, I would literally say the same thing, but I can't because I'm speaking from a place of where I'm not. Uh, you know, yeah. versus a place of where I am, because mm-hmm. I would love to say, "Hey, this is what I would say to the to women, young women out there, or everyone in general." Like, be amazing, be fearless. But I'm over here, like, learning, and now it's getting like, to that. You know, just now starting. Yeah, you know, I'm now enrolled in well, elementary. Well, I believe that both messages are valid, right? right and they speak right. to where we are in our lives. Yeah, right. Very true. Um. Because, I mean, just me as a male, um, I'm very conscious and conscientious of when I'm in a space uh, right. um, where, you know, I could be full of women and I'm the only male. Or I could be one of the many men amongst right. uh, not as many women, right? And so making sure that I I use my privilege mm. as, a, as a male to... Right. Um, for for the greater good, and if it's to help support women or to ensure that women feel comfortable and women feel, um, you know, accepted in this space, like or in any space, 
you know, then that's right. what I need to do. Uh, because I think it just goes back to learning about like the different um, historical ideologies of our people, right? Like the whole feeling between uh, a brother and a sister, right? You know, and how like the sister is the apple of the brother's eye, right? And that like um, everything that they do, you know, would be to uh, please their sister or to make sure she's happy or has what she needs or, or like turn to her for counsel or for whatever right, yeah. like she comes first um before myself mm. right and so really looking at women as you know just your sisters in that special kind of uh what's i think the word is covenant or covenant yeah yeah you know like closeness yeah yeah that like the sister is elevated and highlighted and uh, the most treasured mm. uh, heirloom, mm. you know, to our family or in our lives. Um, and you see that play out through our cultures as Pacific Islanders, right? I definitely see that in the, the Tongan culture mm. um, with the whole, yeah, just like the whole Fahu system and, right. you know, how women have power in in uh, in our families and i see that play out too because you know I have my one of my aunties my grandma's sisters you know she's the one who calls the shots and makes the moves in our whole in our whole like family right like she's the shot caller mm. for our branch but when all the the branches of the siblings of the grandparents come together like she's one of the shot callers she, she doesn't necessarily have a matai title but right she behaves in the in the manner of a of a Matai, and she's respected as such as well. And I mean, I don't know. I, I, maybe I kind of went off on a tangent right there, but <laughs> but women just, yeah. I'm power. just grateful for these stories. You know, I think without history, we would really have no sense of direction. You know, mm -hmm. like we're of who we used to be, and you know, as far as identity, I feel like history. History, it's important because mm -hmm. our like, our stories. Yeah, our <laughs> stories. Like if I if I did not have access to this type of you know, the these stories like that I've had access to read these last few days, I don't know where I would kind of be right now. Like every day the more I read about history, the women, Pacific Islander women in the in the past, I, it's like another veil is removed, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just amazing to kind of see, like, just what we are supposed to be, you know, the identity that these women hold. And that's our inheritance, mm. you know, that mm -hmm. we, we rightfully have owned these, these inheritances, but we don't access them because we don't go out there looking for them, you know? And so. sometimes the access has been kept away from you and it's through the exposure of things like this where, right. it, you know, like it gets to be on your radar. Right. And, you know, what I see before me is really just you uh, digesting a lot of this information and paying attention to or trying to uncover or make sense of like how it's impacting you, right? Because all these different things are coming to... Uh, to a meeting point right all of these right. different intersections and you're like whoa this is a part of my identity but my den but, but my identity has always been this and it doesn't seem to align like what what the fuck is that definitely right? so i mean like let's continue to process that right oh, because course. you know as a woman like I, I i'm just interested to to understand right like mm -hmm. what this does for you bex because does it, wonders it really is cool to help bring that understanding right. and also help me understand as and well. And for all women. Yeah, who, all who, women Who as have well. known this story all their life or just now being exposed to the story or hearing this story. Like there's a lot for us to gain in this conversation because now we are now aware of our identity as a warrior, as a, as a Pacific Islander woman. We carry the warrior, you know, identity. We carry, but... She's an army general. She's tactical strategist. She's a fierce and passionate woman. She She's a fighter who knew how to be merciful. Like, she carries a lot of these traits, and those traits are our traits, you know. And Free the oppressed. Yes. 
Man. Yeah, I just want to know a little bit more. I'm just, I'm just that person. I need to know a little bit more. Like, how was she raised? How did her father raise her? How was it like growing up? Like, and sometimes <laughs> all we're left with are these stories, and we have to make sense of it. Make our, sense of it. Make sense of it ourselves, right? With the little that we have, with the we little have bit to. that we have, or maybe the little bit that we have is enough, right? Because like sometimes it's like, well, why, like. Why do we need to know all those things? Everything is given to us. Yeah. That's what it is. That's all it is. See, and that's where the processing got <laughs> That happens in the process because that's what's happening in my head. I was like, I need I need to know. I'm hungry to know. More. How to, yeah. Mm. How was she raised? Why? What, what caused her to think that way? What caused her to believe that? What, you know, like, how did she become so strong, you know, so strong within herself to be able to withstand an army, to be able to withstand a bunch of people's you know, rejection and doubt. Like she just it's nothing. What she, it's moved what she comes her. from. Right. It's what she comes from. I mean, she's a god. She's the daughter of a I god. Know. The god of uh Pulotu, right? The god of the underworld. Underworld. And it's innate. And maybe that's the answer there, right? Is that those qualities are in you. Mm-hmm. We just have to you gotta believe that they believe it. Mm. That it exists within ourselves. Sauligams, ligams, ligams. Sheesh, that's awesome. Yeah, I not mean, and this this conversation, you know, like we're going, we're not gonna just end it here. I mean, we're gonna end it here, but you know, we're gonna take this conversation to our social media challenges, not challenges, our social media <laughs> channels. We had a challenge uh, so that we can continue to have these conversations and discussions and like learn from each other or hear each other's perspective um, so that we can just keep, you know, this, this story the stories. of Nafanua alive and in our, in our present, right? In our know, reality. Because right? there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to gain. And so there's many of y'all got There's more to, to gain offer. than learn, right? Right. But oh. yeah. What a beautiful discussion. What a wonderful person to talk about on Absolutely. our first first um, episode on Women's History Month. And just shout out to all the women out there. You yes, know. Lord. All the women. <laughs> Bex, before we wrap up, you know, we always got to do our checkout. Mm. How are you going to take care of yourself this week? Okay, first of all, I am going to do a lot of research and studying on Pacific Islander women in general and stories. So I hope to find a lot of good stories on Google. And uh, and other resources. And other resources. <laughs> if you guys, if you know, this goes to all our followers. If you guys know any good books. Or gals. Yeah, or gals. Y'all, if y'all any, if y'all know any good books, <laughs> um, articles, please um, send them our way, you know, for the cultures um, on, our, on our Instagram because Danny Boy's pretty consistent on there. And also on our, on our email, for the cultures at gmail.com. We would love to kind of get as many resources as possible. I know I would on our Pacific Islander women. So, yeah. But, yeah, I plan on reading, studying, getting to know the women in the Pacific Islander light. Just really Pacific start. Islander herstory. Yeah. <laughs> It's a lot. I'm I'm blessed. I'm blessed to be in this day and age. I'm blessed to be a Pacific Islander woman. You uh-huh. know, especially knowing now that we care. I mean, I kind of had an idea. You know, I I I thought it was just something that I just longed to be, but to know that these these um, traits actually exist in us, we just were in doubt. Man, yeah, a lot of processing will happen this week. How about mm-hmm. you, Danny boy? Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the same. I'm gonna read up on Pacific Islander women in in history, history. Um, as well as just pay attention to a lot of the Pacific Islander women who are creating history right now, um, because we have a lot to learn and we, we have, have a lot, lot to be thankful and grateful for at the hands of uh, our Pacific Islander women, right. as well as just all women of color and and yeah, you know yeah. so. Just, and we just have looking a lot forward of, to learning more. Yeah, we have a lot of um, Pacific Islander women right now that are doing great things, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. I mean, 
you know, I, I know that I don't think we shared this with folks, but we just plan on um, dedicating all of our ICUs to Pacific Islander women mm-hmm. that are doing things and making moves in our community, for our community, and with our community. Yes, for the cultures. And in our lives, yeah, for the cultures. What a cue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, y'all. Um, we hope we did uh, this conversation justice, talking about Nafanua. We didn't really, um, we couldn't go any longer because uh, we don't want to talk y'all ears off. So <laughs> notice how I'm saying y'all. <laughs> But uh, we thank you for allowing us to share just history, history of just a wonderful person. Nafanua, a god. A god. A god. She's a god. Yes, god. <laughs> May you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your Monday. And thank you for tuning in. This is Bex Bumbo and D-Boy signing out. Peace. Peace, love, and happiness. What are we doing it for? We're doing it for the culture. For the culture. For the culture.